Welcome to the Grandstand Golf Podcast. I am Kevin Bapti, and I'm joined, as always, by my brothers, Craig. Hey, how's it going, everyone? And Adam. Hey, what's going on, guys? So, guys, we just finished watching Martin Laird birdie the second hole of a three-man playoff to win the Shriners Hospitals for Children Open over Matthew Wolf and Austin Cook. Laird shot a final round 68 to win for the first time on tour in seven years. Laird was a sponsor's exemption for this year's tournament after he had won the event back in 2009. Mm-hmm. So, guys, was Laird at all on your radar going into this tournament? Actually, I think uh, Laird was on our radar when we were doing our Wednesday night show on Twitch for DFS. Craig and I uh, mentioned Laird a couple times, and I think Craig put Laird in a few of his lineups, actually. And he, I mean, for perspective, I think in a field of 140 or so, he's maybe 120, 115. Well, he, I think he was priced at 61 or 6200 right. on drafting, so that gives you an idea. But yeah, so we, we did mention him. Uh, I think he was a a bit of a flyer uh mention but uh no it worked out unfortunately the lineups i had them in i only had four guys make the cut so <laughs> they still they made they cashed but unfortunately they weren't big winners but uh no you love to see it for the guy uh he was not uh, he had no uh you know he was here in a sponsor's exemption last person to win uh while playing on a sponsor's exemption does anyone know Oh, I just heard this, and I'm blanking. I'll give you a hint. He was in the playoffs. Matthew Wolf. Yes. Oh, I oh. knew it. That was a pretty uh, good hint, though. Yeah, that, <laughs> that was, was yeah. a good hint. That was an easy one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a pretty impressive performance from Laird. He seemed to make it dramatic all the I, way I along guys- today. Yeah, I, I texted you guys when he was on 17, and like I felt like he stood over that on the par 3 17th. He stood over the ball forever, and it felt like a spray was coming or something. Hit the car path, and then, I mean, that scramble to get par there was pretty unbelievable. That was unbelievable. But if you go back even further in his round, he looked pretty rock solid, made a, yeah. a poor swing on the 8th hole, and left himself in a bad spot and ended up bogeying. So he comes to the ninth, which is the par 5, a birdie hole, yeah. Or where if you're not making a birdie, you're losing ground to the field. For sure. Just misses in the green, ends up in a terrible spot in that bunker, just totally plugged. So you're thinking, okay, here he's he's going to start leaking. He's just made a bogey and now yeah. he's here. And what a shot. He hits a shot, holes it out for eagle. That completely changed momentum so yeah, I mean, back like, in his favor. This shot, his left leg was out of the bunker. His right leg was in, I think. it Like the ball was plugged right against the edge the announcers were talking saying like this could go up and hit him or this could stay in the bunker he could the, hurt his wrist he just had <laughs> yeah there's so many knee different surgery. Outcomes. like there's so many things that could go and he wrong. just kind of like it just pops out and dribbles over and it's like this is on like a putting line are you kidding me there's no and then it drops it's unbelievable yeah i mean he every time he looked like he might be down today he pulled off some fantastic shots or made a big clutch putt um you know he didn't get it done in regulation there with a few bad swings on 18 but um you know made up for it in the playoff yeah i mean i wonder also because he was playing with cantley and cantley fell off so quickly to start his round if oh, it was we'll a get little to bit... that we'll get to that <laughs> but if wolf or cook 
was in his group when a, a few of these shots didn't go his way if it could have turned out differently. Um, and the fact that he bogeyed 18, I mean, I don't know how you guys felt, but I thought, uh, I like Wolf a lot in this playoff. Well, yeah, you hate to be the person who's just lost all the momentum going into the playoff. Absolutely. Yeah. You want to get it but done in it regulation. Was weird it wasn't really like, it was just two approach shots that he really lost the momentum. I guess the chip on 18 wasn't great either, but he almost made that putt. But it's more right. just like when you go, like when you need to par 18 to win the tournament and you make a bogey. Yeah. Fr- it's from just, the it's hard to recover from that lack of, like, it, to me, it, it feels a little bit like um, um, G- Justin Thomas and Colin Morikawa. Uh, right. When, their battle. When they were battling there. And it looked like, I mean, it looked like Justin Thomas had it locked down. And then he lost all the momentum when Colin Morikawa came back and made that putt. Yeah. Um, and he, he ended up losing, you know? Yeah. So the one, the, my takeaway from today was that with both Cook and Wolf, their rounds of 60, they both shot 66. They were, they were two behind to start the day. Their rounds looked very comfortable and easy. Right. Wolf, Wolf kept making, he made a lot of good putts today for, for both par and birdie to kind of keep his momentum going. Cook mm-hmm. seemed like he was always in the right spot. Um, interestingly, both those guys bogeyed the par three fourteenth. both Cook and Wolf did, and that ended up okay. being what cost them. Um, but they're, other than that, that was their only bogey on the day, and they just looked comfortable. It didn't look like it was a lot of work, whereas Laird he it looked like he was working for it yeah i mean i think that's what i took away from it as well i also thought um because there are so many scoring holes down the stretch uh, at least 15 16 16 i mean i think wolf had 180 170 in on the par five where he ended up making eagle that's almost more of a par four but it's a par five so that's a scoring opportunity um yeah it was just kind of a matter of can laird hold them off or like can the tournament end soon enough almost because if you give them a couple more holes which we ended up doing but yeah it's, i don't know it's impressive he you never know where that one stroke's going to be if it's that chip in from nine or that um that huge putty had on 17 but they all add up and yeah you yeah, know well, even- and, and matt matt wolf you know on the round he gains almost a stroke and a half off the tee uh whereas uh, Laird lost over a half stroke off the tee. So everything feels a lot more comfortable when you're one of the best drivers of the ball in the tournament, you know? And yeah. then on top of that, Matthew Wolf was over over three strokes gained putting today. So like it's one of those ones where one guy was playing really good golf and it, it's fortunate for Laird that he had two strokes going into the day because um, Matthew Wolf had a better day, but but Laird had put himself in that position. So Right, yeah. Yeah, Wolf was Wolf was really impressive to me. Like I say, I just saw him making momentum saving putts time after time. And I'd I'd kinda I made a wager on Wolf yesterday after he shot the sixty one. Before yeah. the, the rest of the round was over, it just felt like that that number was gonna be close enough. And with the way he was playing, on a course like that where you do have scoring opportunities, particularly if you're a little further down the fairway, I thought he was gonna be close enough that I liked his value at I think I got him at seven fifty uh to win. And uh 
I liked well, it all the I, way up until it, it wasn't him. So. I don't know if you were watching that, but that 61, he left strokes out there. Like, it felt like that, you know, he birdied, uh, what is it, 16, whatever the par 5 is there. Um, and then he missed, it, it, he had a, you know, a, a makeable eagle putt there, and he ended up with a tap in birdie. He missed a birdie putt on 17. Uh, so it just right. it so easily could have been a lower like you don't often see someone make three eagles and uh, you know yeah, shoot I, a sixty one and I feel like they get, left strokes out there. I thought he was going to get four eagles in one in like whatever it was six holes six holes. So not only not only do you not usually see someone shoot a sixty one and have a lot of strokes they left out there, but to shoot a twenty eight on nine and have left a few shots on yeah. on that nine, like that's crazy. yeah, that's yeah. unbelievable. But and he he also had a great a great birdie putt on seventeen in regulation today um, that it did everything but go in. It was a beautiful putt. I thought he made it for sure. So you know, Wolf Wolf's extremely talented young player and he's gonna get his i was hoping it was gonna be today personally but uh you got to be happy for laird he grinded hard and it's a it's a huge win for him to to not have won for seven years um to get back in the winner's circle you know at that point you got to be you got to be wondering if you're gonna do it again so absolutely and uh, you could see like he was he's pretty choked up afterwards like he you could tell how much it meant to him everything you get with the win um it's a huge deal and the fact that he did it at a tournament he's won before and also determined that he was second before. I mean, like he knows where he's uh, cashing his checks or where he's getting his checks. Come That's to Vegas every year. Yeah, yeah. It's his third playoff at the Shriners. Give him the key to the city or something like, come on. <laughs> and like this tournament, I'm just thinking back on this. This is what three of the past four years that have been tournaments because Cantley had one in a playoff. That have been playoffs. You mean? Oh, yeah, sorry. Had been playoffs. Three last four years that have been playoffs. Um, he won a, uh, three years ago in a playoff. He uh, Bryson, I think, won it outright. And then Kevin Na uh, beat Cantley last year in a playoff. And Martin Laird's loss came in a playoff against Jonathan Bird, who got the hole-in-one on 17 Yeah, in the right. playoff. That's <laughs> an unbelievable. So I think he's every tournament, like those three tournaments all happened on 17 for him in playoffs. That's right. Yeah. So is there a, like, I don't know, I don't go to all these sites. Is there any sites where you can bet on something going to a playoff? Like, that's all I want to do next year for this tournament. <laughs> yeah. Is, yeah, of course is, there is. You can, of course. Oh. Going into the tournament, you can. Yep. I don't think you're going to love the odds, but no, <laughs> it's a weird thing to root for. <laughs> it's never that attractive. And yeah. then you're waiting to the very last moment. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sounds great. Yeah. For your, okay, so, your 250 <laughs> line. After 36 holes, it, it seemed like it was Cantley. Ver- it was like a battle of the Titans, right? Like we Cantley and Bryson. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and Bryson collapsed on Saturday. Yeah, Bryson, that was, I mean, just, the, the, you know how Bryson is. You can't look away no matter what he's doing, whether he's <laughs> playing lights out or, or just, you know, going the other way. He, you can't look away. It was spectacular. Well, yeah, and it's weird that, in a lot of ways, he was kind of the story of the tournament, even though, I don't know, what did he end up? Finished tied for... T8, actually. T8. Yeah. Um, and he, he, what shot a 62 and then felt like he kind of shot about as 
as poorly as he could have with a 67, but then, oh no, we actually saw when he was getting really sloppy with a 71, and then was pretty much on cruise control on his way to a 66 today. Yeah. Uh, so we, you know, they, uh, Bryson said this may not be the, we might not see him again until the Masters. And it's kind of a sneak peek into what his game's going to be looking like. And you got to think. You don't like what you see or what? Like you- well, no, I'm just saying that <laughs> you have to think that if Bryson has it, um, the only person that can beat him really is himself right now, it looks like. I don't know about that. Not that that's, that's quite that's the golf, competitor. That's quite the competitor, too, though. Yeah, that is true. Bryson versus himself, <laughs> maybe the ultimate competition. <laughs> so, so yeah, Bryson's collapse on Saturday, and it essentially took him out of contention. Um, and then Cantley today, Adam, defend your boy here because I don't have a lot of warm and fuzzies. I, I used him in the one and done. I, I thought huh. it was some, some kind of trick that you guys were talking him up about <laughs> his first, second, second, and... I was like, this guy's a can't-miss prospect for this tournament. And then I see nobody else picks him. And then I, I going, into, going into today, I was, I was just thinking about how, how much I was going to be gloating in the one-and-done. And yeah, well, but it, I mean, it, when you look at my picks, you really shouldn't take too much information and too much insight <laughs> from my picks. So. I, there's no reason to defend. Like, he doesn't need a defense. There's no reason to defend him. He had a good tournament. He finished strong. He finished strong enough. If he didn't put himself in such a good position, you wouldn't be hating on him. But he still had a good tournament. I mean, we can look at people like Morikawa or English or... I'm just picking on Craig's picks now, but people that didn't actually make it to the weekend. Well, yeah. And so, I mean, I, I, I think on Cantley... Um, so why did I not pick him, say, going into the tournament? I, di- I didn't think he was in great form. Like, I, I think he's a, a if, when you look at the past couple of years, he's, his, his baseline play is great, but it didn't yeah. seem like he was super hot coming into this tournament. And then I think what you, you saw through the first three days is someone who's just very comfortable on this course and is a very good golfer. And then maybe we saw a little bit of the fact that his game isn't exactly where we he wants it to be right now on Sunday. Um, and also the course was playing, like, Sunday was the hardest day by far. Like, the scoring average for Thursday, Friday, Saturday was about three under par, and I think today was maybe one. So it was tougher. I mean, what did Stuart Sink do today? Not that yeah, but, but I don't think of Cantley as someone... So say if you put him against this field, I don't think of him as someone who's only going to do well when conditions are good. You know, right? I, and I think kinda, it's more just he, it's, he didn't he didn't have it today. Like that's, I, that's, that's, that's my only on. defense. My defense with Cantley is it's hard to win a golf tournament. You have to yeah. do it for four days, seventy two holes, and he was good for, I mean, like sixty of them. He was great. Yeah. See, my my point with Cantley is that I think you know with with him being your boy and what you've brought up with him in the past is can he take the next step this is a time where you again against a field like this he's he's in the final group playing with somebody who he should be able to intimidate a little bit probably um you know what is Cantley in the world top 10 he's got to be right up there just now. 10 to 15 somewhere around 10 there. to 15 yeah. you know like if this is if this is my boy tony finau and he's playing in that same position i am not looking for what, Anything sorry, what, but did, a uh, what did Finau do this week? Well, well Finau's dealing let's with not some, pick yeah. on a person who yeah. has COVID. Yeah, come on. 
Well, why are you doing a direct comparison? That makes no sense. Well, no, I'm I was doing a direct comparison because as somebody who, my boy, when he, what I'm looking for him to do is so to wait, wait, close, you think close his ones out. The, the one time winner on tour was going to close out I was going to say, I don't know if Finau is the most intimidating person. I don't know if that's the, that's but this the one is you exactly should have gone this to. This is exactly what I'm saying, though, is he's somebody that my expectations are for him to close it out against that kind of competition. Which he and never I does. Would, I would expect, well, which I think he's going to start doing this year, and that's my whole point. <laughs> but I would, expe- I would expect the same from Canley. I thought that, that that's the level he's at, not to, not to go out there and lay an egg on Sunday. So, so that's the okay, reason so, I didn't so, so take So let's him. take a step back. Let's take a step back. I think the reality is I don't think Patrick Cantley's game is in the place right now. Like on the week, he didn't gain any strokes. He was neutral off the tee, and he was basically neutral on approach. So I think what we saw through the first few days was more someone who is not like – I don't think he's getting there because he's overpowering this golf course. I think he was basically like smoke and mirrors his way into that final group on Sunday. And then it all came back and, and everything spiraled and, and bit him a bit uh, when it came down to it on Sunday. So uh, I, I think this is sort of the, you know, his, his ball striking needs to be in a better place for him to be the golfer that he can be. And I mean, most of us saw that going into the tournament, so we didn't pick him. But that's just—I think that's just your bad. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the reason I, I didn't guess pick him is because I was—I'm holding him for a bigger tournament with a bigger purse that I—I yeah, I feel like he will win when his form's a little bit better too. When his form's a little bit better, yeah. But you know what? I think from from what we did see, I think there's promising things to take away. I think that this course is a good course for him to come to. Like, it would have been a lot better, I think, if he had shot like a 68 or something like that today, to, even if he didn't win, not leave on such a bad note. But this could be the kind of course that he comes to, plays well for a few days, uh, starts to kickstart things again, and, and can take hopefully take something, some positives away from it. I mean, it's like if you're a fighter and you just like, you kind of, you pick a fight that's kind of like a get right, you know, you like, it's kind of a, a punching bag type fight and you know, you can kind of get back to when, where you have been. Or maybe it's kind of like the college football warm up game, the Appalachian State, which sometimes doesn't go well, but you kind of, you, you go to these familiar places and you, you get a little bit of form to carry you through the season. And you didn't necessarily need to win to do that, but I think it's improving for a longer successful season well that's a really rosy way to look at how about canley's results i think this week but i guess we can agree to disagree on that let's recap you know we're talking about bryson and we're talking about cantley like do we feel like bryson leaves this feeling like he fell on his face because it happened on saturday you know like they both ended up at 18 under they both ended up tied for eight. They had a top ten. It's not like it's not like it's only negatives to take away for Cantley. Like Cantley still beat Webb Simpson. He beat Louis Oosthuizen. He beat hundred and thirty other golfers. golfers. That's that's great. That's he, great. He should have won this tournament. With yeah, that's the that's caliber that's of my golfer point. he that's is. That's my point. In the is final he should group. have won this tournament. That's all I'm trying to say here. I all I'm trying to say is golf is hard and winning golf tournaments is very hard and predicting who is going to win golf tournaments is even harder. <laughs> no, I'd say actually winning. the winning golf tournaments is the harder one of those. Yeah. <laughs> uh, listen, I know it's a big field. I'm all you don't get in that position all the time, right? And when you do, I think a guy like Canley is looking to win. I don't so think he's I think, looking to take any you know moral victories out of a Sunday performance. He's looking to win. 
if you're worried about this for your one and done, I think you're in for a rocky, rough season ahead of you when you start missing a couple of cuts with your guys. And listen, I'm not, I'm not into, I'm not even worried about the one and done at all. I think I feel very comfortable about where I'm at with the one and done. My, my point is more, you know, I, I pick Canley. You know how it is when you're, when you're looking to cheer for guys, when you're looking for guys that maybe, yeah, maybe I'm, maybe I'm going to start being a fan of this guy. I haven't picked in the one and done. He's, he's, you know, about to just catapult me so far into first. I might be uncatchable <laughs> looking good. And then he just, you know, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm not, I'm ignoring his taking forever to hit the ball because you're telling me his oh, backstory and you're, and you know, and then he just doesn't do it in the end and it, it just leaves a sour taste. All right? Let me just finish with this Sunday and his performance on Sunday is no reason to not be a fan of his. If you need a reason to be a fan of his, listen to our, my boys podcast and I'll, I share why he's a great person to root for this year. Yeah, I yeah. I'm I'm Seems still like a nice I'm guy. still I'm still I a fan of Cantley. I I wish he would have performed today. Yeah, I think that I I don't know if we need to beat the dead horse. I'm sure that <laughs> yeah. no one, no one feels worse about how he played than Cantley does. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I think the only one who the person who probably feels the worst is me when you look at the picks that I made throughout the going into the tournament. Right. Ooh, so let's just rough. recap the picks quick, and we'll we'll start with Craig's winner, Colin Morikawa. Okay, so let's start there. So Colin Morikawa was minus six through two rounds of golf. What, what the cut ended up at minus seven, the lowest cut we've seen. How long was it, Adam? Since, I think ever. I think it worked, so in I the history it of the PGA. So he did enough through the first two days to make every cut throughout every PGA Tour tournament until this point. So yes, that was a miscut. But let's let's get a little context there. Doc okay. Redman sleeper minus five. Minus five is usually pretty good to make a cut. Harris English, one and done. Miss cut. Minus five. Yes, like I picked people who who missed the cut, but they missed the cut on the number in a ridiculous cut or by two when it was a ridiculous cut. No, that's not true, though. You did pick Louis Oosthuizen, and he uh, <laughs> made the cut. <laughs> oh, that was I don't think fate. he picked him. I think he <laughs> faded him. Oh. Right. Hey, I, I, uh, I faded Neiman Walk, and he, walking Neiman. Walking. I don't know where that came from. No, I was, I don't know. He, I was just rolling the dice. So for all your your griping about the how poor Patrick Cantley did, he was still the the top finisher of our picks. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, that was that was. I mean, that was done as of Friday, pretty much. But Webb Simpson managed to climb his way into a t t thirteen. That was my pick. The one and done. And winner, yeah. Um, I'm surprised that you took the players' champion there. So, so that's a big big purse there too. So, Kev, (laughs) you you because of what happened on Sunday, you feel that Patrick Cantley is leaving here with nothing but bad thoughts. Listen, something that shouldn't happen for a top 15 golfer. Webb is ranked what sixth, seventh, eighth, something like that in the world. Are we feeling better about his tied for thirteenth than we are about Cantley? If you don't understand the difference between playing in the final group and like shooting a good final round to move up into thirteenth, and like playing in the final group and shooting a bad final round and falling to tie for eighth with like guys in the same area in the world ranking, like I don't know how to. I'm going to convince you that these are totally different things. Webb well, is yeah, actually they, seventh in the world. 
Webb is. Yeah. Yeah, but like they're playing 72 holes. I I, I get that. It's just I, I don't think we, uh, you know. You're looking I, at it from a purely statistical, everything's going to average out standpoint. And I'm saying I think there's more there's more to it when you're in the in contention to win on the so you guys, you guys know when you said beating that dead horse i think that horse is dead guys and you're just kicking <laughs> it a little bit hey, you keep bringing it up i'm trying to get away from it anyways let's let's give the one and done update uh Grace. well top canadian was a good race yeah that was a good race I had Hadwin and you, uh, Kevin Pick, Michael Gligic, who finished T27, and he has a pretty cool story, um, and he's playing really good golf right now. Yeah, I think he Monday qualified this tournament, didn't he? He did Monday qualify, and that's why yeah. I picked him, is because I I thought he uh, was gonna. I was hoping he would ride that. I love hot that. I love round. it. Yeah, and uh, he, he he must not have shot a very good round today because I think he fell a little bit. He was higher most of the week. He was he was flirting with top ten a lot of the week. I know. Yeah, that's right. Not sure what he shot on Sunday, but... Um, yeah, he actually shot a 72. Yeah. So, so do you want to lay him down next to Cantley or what? <laughs> <laughs> I think there are different points in their careers, to be honest. But... Fair. Fair, fair, fair. Uh, <laughs> hey, you're the one that's talking about the dead horse here. <laughs> um, so the one and done update, Craig's in third at 247,000, Adams in second at 330,000, and I'm in first at 1,100,000. So I'm just Craig, I'm just happy to keep Webb and Cantley in my pocket. Craig, yeah. I got good news for you too. The next two events are no cut events. So you're going to get something. Feeling good. <laughs> <laughs> all right craig why don't you give us your good your bad and your ugly this week well i feel like i almost want to change this now because i at the start of this i i my ugly i now feel like i want to defend this guy but we'll we'll, we'll start out with the good uh so basically this week i'm looking at people's final rounds the sundays who did what on sunday okay and so louis Ustaisen, uh he actually had a, a fairly poor uh, Saturday, uh, you know, played himself a little bit out of contention, but came came out there, shot a 64 today, low low round on the day. Mm. Uh, I don't know, maybe one thing that came out uh, while I was watching, he's never won a tournament in the United States. Yeah, that's, that's right. A, it's something that doesn't seem right to me with Louis Oosthuizen, um, but he, he only has one PGA Tour official win, and it's because he won the Open Championship, which right. they call a PGA Tour event. Yeah. Um, the bad. So Stuart Sink, if you have not looked at the numbers yet, Stuart Sink shot a 81 today, um, which sounds more like something I would do than like something Stuart <laughs> Sink would do. No, 81. I don't know. Maybe, maybe back in my, back <laughs> in my prime. <laughs> Are you quitting after 16 or something? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, is that not at 81 still? Um, no, I guess maybe he's looking to get his son back on the bag here. I don't know. Yeah, he had been playing really good golf. Uh, he, yeah, last, he had been playing really three, four weeks, whatever the safe way was. I, yeah. saw, I saw him shooting up the leaderboard again this week, and I wasn't surprised. Um, so I, I am surprised to see him have such a poor finishing mm-hmm. round for sure. Uh, and then finally, the ugly, and I, I feel bad to bring this one up again, but it's Patrick Cantley, just because, uh, you know, usually with the ugly, I like to look for something that could have been really good and was not. So 
Um, Cantley was 73 today, uh, which was two over on the day. And yeah, he, he had a chance. He was in the final group, had a chance to win it. It was plus four, I want to say, through about four or five holes. And yeah, and that was it. No comment. Yeah, I'll leave that one. <laughs> <laughs> Adam, let's move to your three stars. Three stars. My third star this week is Matthew Wolf. Uh, I just feel like for some reason, as more of a golf better than a golf fan, but I've just been waiting for him to come back down to earth and it isn't happening. He's just been so strong ever since he turned pro. He got a win in his four start. He's been top five in his first two major starts this year. It like it just it seemed too good to be true, but he just does it week in and week out. He made an eagle on sixteen on Sunday. I think uh he he barely missed a couple putts on seventeen and eighteen, which would have eventually led him to win. And then he just I mean, so he's in the playoff. And the one thing I thought when I was watching him is he just looked very poised. Like he was joking on the tee box about like keeping that Shriners dice. Uh, thing and he just looked like he he enjoys the moment almost like he he really thrives in that moment and I think he's going to be one of these guys that we're going to see more charging on Sunday than falling back on Sunday I I just feel like I wasn't a believer for so long but he's he just keeps doing it again and again and again well I thought I thought the broadcast actually made a few really good comments about that um I liked what they were saying about him being young and just oozing with confidence because that's mm-hmm. you can tell that's where he's at right now. Like he's he's already playing with house money because of how successful he's been this early in his career. You know he's already locked in his uh, you know his yeah. his statuses and yeah. his his exemptions and everything with a win. And um, now he's just seeing what he can do. You know he's just going for it and uh, it's impressive. He's he's still I think kind of raw. But he has just like you're you're waiting for something to uh, give him a rough time. Maybe it's uh, open style uh, courses in the UK or maybe it's Augusta. Like he just seems to every test. It was first the PGA. Then he conquered that. Then the US Open and he kind of conquered that. He's got a win already so he can close. He's been in a playoff now. But and, I, th- and- I think if you were watching any of the featured group stuff in the first couple of days where you get to see really like every shot, not just highlights it's not like it was swimming like he had he had points where he was struggling especially i think oh he was very start of the first round thursday morning he was Um, like so i don't know i i think it's to me it's less that you know he's just on everything's going swimming and i think it's just someone we see now that there's a comfort level (laughs) on the pga tour like this is this is a guy that was the best you know yeah. leading golfer of this great class when they were in the ncaa right. um or ncaa as some call it um and so i think we're just finally seeing him being that that same comfort level at at the pga tour at the pro level yeah. and so even when things aren't going well he you know he scrapes by and then when things start to go well like it did when he was pouring in eagles then yeah. he can capitalize on it Right. And and that's what was so impressive um, today for me watching him was that he early on didn't really seem to have it. Um, but he kept making these, like I said, momentum putts. You know, I think he made a big one on eight, um, the tough par three. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, turned around and and missed. He was short on nine on the par five and, and pitched it to about seven or eight feet and, and made that putt for birdie, which was like must make for where he was at at that time. And just kind of kept like grinding out those, uh, 
the best score he could on each hole yeah. and that's what got him into the position he needed to be at the end yeah. you know he he was right there and because he is so talented that he that the eagle you know, I kept texting you guys on the back nine. I was just waiting for it. I, he, I felt like he was for sure going to eagle one of those holes because he has the firepower to do it. Well, yeah, and, he. I mean, he on 16, he's 350 down the middle of the fairway. Then he has whatever, like 170 in. 15 I think they said he had a wedge in there, didn't he? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, some of the, some of those holes were the yardage just were ridiculous, though, yeah. especially yeah. today when they had a tailwind. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So All yeah, right, I was so- very impressed with him. My second well. star is going to Martin Laird. Um, I mean, impressive. Second finish. star. Second star. I know because there's someone more impressive out there, Craig. Uh, I think we kind of we, <laughs> we talked about him enough. Uh, impressive finish, even though he, I mean, not great down the stretch in, I mean, the 71st and 72nd hole, but he got it done in the playoff, making birdie on 17. Um, I guess the one stat I have here that I didn't mention earlier is. He actually hasn't had a top five on tour since July 2017. Wow. So, like, he's had a couple top tens, and, like, I think there's a T6, T8 here and there. But, I mean, to really be in contention, you need to be within top five. And it's been since July 17th he had his last top five. So, yeah, I mean, we we talk about on the podcast all the time how it's a grind and getting to that top 125 or locking up tour status or all these different ways to kind of make your career. Um, so he just kind of punched another couple of years of status and exemption. It's awesome. Good time in his career too. Cause he's 37 now. So he's probably got, you know, a bit more time where he's, he should be in his, his physical prime. Um, and then, yeah. So hopefully he can take <laughs> advantage of it. Yeah. That's not sure. just because I'm, you know, almost 37. Or <laughs> My first star, uh, there's another, Tournament going on. There's a bunch of great tournaments this weekend, but one going over in Europe. Uh, Terrell Hatton took home the PNW PNJ PGA Championship uh, by four strokes. The win actually moved him into the top ten in the official world golf ranking for the first time. Really? Yeah. So Hatton is now in the top ten. He was none of our boys, but I think we all like to root for him. His humor is uh, is great out there. I mean, he was talking to his ball. I think all the way down the final stretch on Sunday. Yeah, he's one of my unofficial boys. I, I love watching him play. It's an easy guy to root for. Um, <laughs> the one other note I have here is like the most controversial moment it seemed like of the tournament was him wearing a hoodie. Uh, golf Twitter seemed to be very split if it was appropriate or not to wear a golf hoodie. And he wore it, I think, through all four days. So, guys, what is your take? Is a hoodie appropriate golf attire? I don't know. I mean... Personally, I love hoodies, but I don't think I've ever wore one on the golf course, so I don't know. So maybe I'm, maybe I'm, if it's I'm totally acceptable. Okay with that. Yeah, I'm I'm on I'm, board if it's acceptable. I think I mean you got to get the next generations into golf, and if it's like EVRs, jogger pants, or Haddon's hoodies, I mean let's let's loosen up the whole like country club status thing a little bit, where you can't have pockets on your shorts, or you can't even wear shorts, well, or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah okay. I, you, you I got me on board. I care <laughs> less about any of the like. What are the specific formalities and like what what things do your clothes have on them? Like you just got to look neat. You got to like d- don't be all sloppy looking. You know, we all worked on a grounds crew. Don't wear the same thing you were wearing to work on the grounds crew once yeah. you go out there to play. And yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm cool with a hoodie. Just look neat, look sharp. You're good. I'd rather play golf with 
someone shooting two over wearing a hoodie than someone looking like all professional and spraying it everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, Adam mentioned the, what was it? The BMW PGA championship. Is that what they call it? Oh. Yes. Yeah. So there's a lot of good golf this week. Um, there's that on the European tour. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about Si Young Kim won the KPMG women's PGA championship. Um, she shot a super, super impressive 63 final round. I think she was leading by one um, going into today, and she absolutely just just sprinted to the finish. She shot. She had four birdies in her last six holes to erase any any doubt that she was going to win. Um, I think she won by five, maybe even more than yeah, that. Yeah, it's it pretty big, I think. Um, and Inby Park was kind of getting close enough to her to put some pressure on her. She ended up shooting a 65. She's won seven majors on the LPGA yep. Tour. So she's, you know, a formidable threat to have coming up behind you. And, and it did not fade, uh, phase Kim at all. So mm. um, that was pretty cool. That was her first major. Um, unfortunately, our girl, uh, Brooke Henderson, she was one back going into the to today she right. had a really a really good uh, 65 yesterday to get into contention um but she faded early with uh two bogeys on the on the front nine and and w- the way uh Seon Kim was going she it was she was already pretty much out of striking distance yeah. after that uh she ended up finishing she shot a 72 and I think finished and sixth I believe yeah I think still a top 10 yeah, still Brooke, still yeah. a solid finish. Brooke Amazing. always seems to be there in the majors, doesn't she? she yeah, she is. She's always near the top. I love She's on it. the first page of the leaderboard seemingly every big tournament. Yeah, I love it. So, yeah, I I watched a, a little bit of that this morning because it was on early um, before the before mm-hmm. the PGA coverage started. Um, and then the other one, I think we all so, watched sorry, before, a before we move on from that, I just want to bring up this, this slow play penalty. Um, yeah. So, oh, yeah. So on Friday... Uh, at the so that it's the KPMG Women's PGA Championship. Uh, Clara Spil, Spilkova, Clara, Clara or Clara Spilkova, um, got a two-stroke penalty on the fifteenth hole for slow play. Ended up missing the cut by a single stroke. Oh man! Um, so yeah, they're not messing around when it comes to to handing up those penalties. Um, what do you guys? That's think good. That? I think it's good. They need to crack down on that because. Um, that was it. Stacy Lewis who won, and the first thing she talked about was uh, the pace of play because she had to. That that round took five and a half hours or more to yeah. play wow. that, final, that final round, and she said that she was she was in there in the lead in the final group, and she was having to like hum and sing to herself to keep her like from going crazy at how right. slow her partners were playing because she's a fairly quick player from what I understand. Um, but I think they have to crack down. That's too long. It's it just makes it. Who's who's gonna really want to sit down and watch a five yeah, yeah. and a it's half pain, hour it's round? Painful, you know, sure. like it's, so. So I totally agree. But I, I think the, the the one problem I have with it is that I think it needs to be somewhat formalized. I was like just I, gonna I, say the same thing. So if they went about it, and it's like one official warning, two official warnings, and then they actually, like, I don't know, I don't, I didn't hear about this, so if that happened, then I think that's appropriate. I don't know how it actually... See, I I totally disagree. I don't even know about the whole warning things. Like, to me, it needs to be, okay, like, by the, once you get to your ball, you've got two minutes that you need to hit your ball by, you know? You you get to your ball, it's your turn to putt. You get two, you got a shot clock. 
I don't think like I don't think we need a shot clock. I, well, I don't think there like, needs to be a shot clock either. Because you know what I, some you line up a tee shot, it takes thirty seconds. Some putts, you need three and a half so, minutes. So, wide. so I was thinking about that. So if that's the case, I mean, I don't know if you guys watch much curling, but when you see that it is on, um, you got your stopwatch on your hip and just. Well, no, but they have a they have they a have clock a for the clock, whole game. Yeah. So you yeah. have I forget what it is if it's a, a half hour and forty five minutes or an hour something like that. So so say you know the the official who's going around the scoring official who goes around with every group everyone has some amount of bank time and so say you want to use more of it on the greens like say say dustin johnson he he gets up there and he just goes to a, a shot and he hits it yeah. and he wants to spend more time around uh, around the greens maybe he wants to spend three or four minutes reading a putt getting set up making his putt he can do that like it to me it just the whole like warning, assessing strokes, that. it's just, it's so dependent on that person in that moment having the, you know, what are you going to call that on Tiger Woods on a major on Sunday? No, like you need to have some sort of way of taking it out of that random official's hands and making it something that's just an, an absolutely embedded within the game to me. That's that's just what I think. Yeah. I think I've heard that on the LPGA tour, one of the things uh, one of the players suggested was a reason she thought it was an issue is because some of the girls are trying to be so polite and not start their shot process until their playing partner has already hit. But, you know, we grew up playing ready golf. So you go up to your ball and you get ready to hit. And whether it's your turn or not, you're getting ready and like deciding what you're going to do. So that when somebody else hits, you're ready to go and you hit. And supposedly what's happening is they're going up to their balls and they're figuring out who's going first. And then that person does their whole pre-shot thing. And then they, the other person just completely waits, doesn't even start talking about their shot until after. And so it's just slowing everything to a grinding halt, which to me, it, it makes no sense. Again, growing up playing ready golf, it's like you keep going, you just keep it moving. Um, that's what I mean. It's common sense to me, but I've I've also never played championship golf, so yeah. Like Craig, I think your idea is good. I just I need to think about it for a little bit. I think it's a good starting off point. I don't know if it's the perfect solution. Um, or or say for instance, this morning um, I was watching the featured group before coverage started, and Bryson, uh, you know, he was about to tee off. I, I forget what hole it was on. Wind gusted in a way he didn't like. Backed off it, and I don't know if you know Bryson before his his drives he has to do mm-hmm. this like pump up routine so had done his whole pump up routine was about to hit it backed off started his whole pump up routine again <laughs> had to retighten the screws on his had to retighten the <laughs> no shaft way. and the screws really? on his, yeah totally um and so like to me that's exactly the type of thing where if there's an, an official that you know whichever of those two things that i threw out there as possibilities whether it's you've got two or three minutes to hit your shot once it's your turn to hit and you're at your ball or if it's some overall b- amount of of bank time that you have that you get to use then then it forces people to have to account for that as a resource and they only have so much of it you can't just keep backing off a shot because you don't like the wind yeah. or whatever well, I'm so, pretty sure Cook's group was put on the clock when he was on 15 or 16 um, and rushed uh, his eagle or birdie or maybe both, both his uh, putts down the stretch. I if think they just of, need to do something to formalize the whole process. 
I think if any of our listeners didn't already know that we were Canadian, they will after you made a curling reference, Craig. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. All right. Hey, if there's Uh, one sport we dominate besides hockey, it is curling. Um, the other tournament I wanted to talk about was the SAS Championship on the PGA Champions Tour. Ernie Els won that one with a 40-foot bomb on the 72nd hole, or I guess it's the 54th hole. Um, mm, right. It was Els' second PGA Champions Tour win in his first 10 starts on that tour. Um, he, he birdied uh, the par 5 17th and uh, the 18th hole to win by one over Colin Montgomery. Um, it also blocked Fier- Jim Furyk's bid to win his first three starts on the so Champions Tour. Do you think so, these guys like uh, Bernhard and Monty or, and whoever, Jimenez, are like these young whippersnappers coming up with Furyk and Ernie and Phil? <laughs> like, they're, taking, they're too long. They're too long <laughs> off the tee. Well, for for those guys, you know, Els and Mickelson have always been the young whippersnappers, haven't they? So <laughs> yeah, I know. They're, they're probably like, used to it. We had a good run on the Champions Tour, then now you guys turn 50. and Well, Jimenez has won at least once this year, or has he won twice already? Yeah, those he's guys, still, they'll stick around for... Yeah. Oh, yeah, and Longer is not going anywhere. No. <laughs> he's, he can still tee up in the Masters and make a cut. Oh, yeah. He's... He, I, hey... Don't I'm, I might tease my one and done a little bit, but Bernhard's in. <laughs> he's in consideration, especially for November. There's just something about that cold yeah. weather. Oh yeah, um, but I, I was. It got me thinking. L's one, and I watched you know Monty being Monty, not not quite getting there. And you know I can't help but root for Monty. Monty isn't somebody I never rooted for when he was playing on the PGA Tour. I but getting to know more about his story and more about his personality over the the past, you know, 10 years or so. He's he's a funny guy and um it's it's good to see him out there like continuing to play such high level golf, but that that tour is just in such a good place right now, I think with you know, Els, Furyk, Mickelson, Montgomery, VJ. Excuse me, all these guys are just yeah. they're just getting there and um you know, it's exciting. They're is it they're is still... it because for now, like before you didn't care about them because you never saw these guys when they're in their prime. Oh. So like now these are golfers that you watched when they were like the man, and so now they're there. You're like, oh, this is actually interesting. I can get on board with this. Well, it totally is. I mean, there's no doubt about that. Like these are the guys that when I started watching golf, these were the guys that were the big names, right? Yeah. So yeah. to see them now, um, kind of, I hate to say it, but sort of being relevant again because they're yeah. they're competing at at that in that tour um it's really cool i think it's way more interesting to me now that i actually like know the people and and you know it it gives some you care about it a bit more exactly exactly so i just think that they're in a great spot and um i you know i'm going to definitely be looking uh, i'll be following the champions tour more than i have in the past that's for sure they're fun ones to watch yeah they are um so why don't we move on uh to stock up and stock down craig who do you have for us this week? Okay, well, I rarely bring this guy up. Um, <laughs> going up, moving up, stock up. I've got my boy Will Zalatoris. Oh, and okay, wait, wait, wait. It's wasn't a roller your, coaster. Wasn't he your stock down last week? Yes. After being your stock up the week before. But remember, I said I'm not getting off the bandwagon. I'm just saying, like, pump the brakes a bit, slow down a bit. 
But what I'm saying, don't worry about pumping the brakes. <laughs> Just hammer that pedal. All down. aboard, everybody, <laughs> let's get going. Um, no, so, you know, I, I've spoken about it before. He's he's currently on the verge of special temporary membership uh, on the PGA Tour. He ended up like a shade outside of that today. Uh, he needed to be tied for fifth with only two people, I believe, and ended up tied yeah. for fifth with three people yeah that's right yeah um so you know he's he's any sort of he makes another cut essentially he is going to to have enough uh fedex cup points to have special uh or sorry temporary status and he has all of his sponsors or yeah sponsors exemptions for the year left uh he's he's gonna have another uh free entry into the next not next week because it's a it's a limited I think it's field bermuda uh, Bermuda is, is that the the one? I think three weeks from now, I think they yeah. said, yeah. Got you. So yeah, I mean, he's he's essentially there. Um, so yeah, it's going to be nice, basically, for the rest of the year. We'll see him. He won't be able to get in every tournament just because he's he's pretty low on the pecking order. But uh, but we'll get to see a lot of him on the PGA yeah. Tour this year. Yeah. So awesome. pretty much, he just needs any kind of like if he makes a cut, he's going to have enough for. He needs like so. single digit points, I think. Okay. So yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, congratulations, Will, on moving, being stock up for Craig this week. Cause <laughs> it's an accomplishment. It's, it's up or down. It's up or down. Up you'll, be, you'll find some way to talk about you. Um, and then moving down, I, uh, I, I rolled, rolled the dice, picked Harris English for my one and done. I thought he was coming in with great form. He had been super consistent, hadn't finished outside the top 25 in a you know, quite a while, a couple of months or something. Um, yeah. And he, he, you know, he, he barely missed the cut. He was minus five cut was minus seven, but he just, he didn't really, uh, he didn't really show a ton of spark like minus five. The, the, um, scoring average through the first couple of days was, you know, it was basically three around. So, uh-huh. uh, you expect Harris English in this kind of field to be better than average, not worse than average. Um, we saw Harris English last season go from being someone who was a borderline top 125 guy to being, you know, what top 30 or 40 in the world rankings. So, um, I'm hoping that we don't see him slip from where he got to this year, but, uh, yeah, stock moved down a bit from what I, from what we saw from him this week. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Adam, who do you have moving up? Yeah, moving up, I have Justin Sa, who we haven't seen play much uh, on the PGA Tour. He is a former Rolled Am number one. Um, yeah, I mean, he's taken advantage of sponsors' exemptions and same thing that kind of Zalatoris is doing and trying to Monday qualify and do whatever he can to get these PGA Tour starts and get some exemption. Um, but he got a top 10 here, so he got an automatic into the Bermuda in a few weeks. Um he also had a top 20 two weeks ago at Corrales Punta Cana. I just feel like there's a lot of um, chatter in the DFS golf community about him as a great sleeper for this week. And I just want to shout out Craig for... I was going to ho- say, was that chatter coming from us? Because we've been uh, we've been hyping him up you, for a little while. You were on him two or three weeks ago. So we've been on him way earlier. He's, uh, he's going to be a fun one to watch through the rest of the year, I think. Because he is loads loads of talent um and i think we're gonna see him at the top of these leaderboards 
What's yeah, his status? He has no status. No status. Okay. He doesn't even have corn fairy status, I don't believe. So can actually, he, he can he play his way on as well? Yes. Yeah. Okay. He'll just kind of have to keep parlaying these top tens or sponsors' invites or go out there for, and try to get a Monday qualifier. Um, what did uh, he finish this week? I think he was T8 or I'd have to bring it up again. He's in the top 10 though. Uh, yeah, tied for eight. So he'll get a free, he'll get a free start out of it. Um, and I don't know if we've brought him up on the, on the pod at all. We've, we've spoken about him a bit on the YouTube mm-hmm. channel, but uh, you know, four, I'm pretty sure he's four year all American at oh, USC. Yeah, so the guy has serious chops. Yeah. Um, super talented so it's gonna be he's one of these people that he he's part of this morikawa matthew wolf uh victor hovland he's part mm-hmm. of that class when they were in college and so it's gonna be really exciting to see if he can if he can come in and get to that level on the on the tour here and those guys just shot up so quickly way faster than any rookie class really ever should well, and so it feels like this is like what's taking him so well. Like, no, what they did was actually the yeah. abnormal thing. Yeah, he's just kind of taking a different route to get there, but I think he'll get there. Yeah, and my stock right. down, uh, Ricky Fowler. So I, I was kind of telling again, this is another kind of more DFS center, more betting one. But I was telling Craig that uh, I think with Fowler, I want to be early. I think I think it's coming around, um, working on a swing, different swing coach, all these kind of things. But I'm like, you know, I think. He's struggling, but I, I want to be early on Ricky. Yeah, that changed on Friday in the morning. He, I think he was three under, four under going into the day. So I'm like, okay, a nice kind of cruisy two under, three under. We'll get you into the weekend. We'll go on some birdie runs then. He On the par 5 16th, which we talked about what Wolf Eagle today on Sunday, he threw it in the water, brought it back, was way right, kind of pin hunting on a sucker pin and into the bushes. Ended up going, I think, triple bogey there. Moves to 17, another kind of water on the left. Got it in the water again. I think another double bogey there. Completely just flushed away any chance of making the weekend right there. Literally in the water. Um, yeah, it's... I don't know what's going on. He's he's going at pins. I think he shouldn't be going at. His swing's not 100% there. Uh, but the fact of the matter is, he doesn't have a top 10 since the COVID restart. And he's only made 5 of 10 cuts in that same time and one of them was a no cut event hmm. ricky so, you're killing me man so this is totally an aside but because you kept saying he put it in the water is there something as i seem to have noticed lately the, the announcers keep referring to them as hazards very few are yeah so and water. i don't know if you noticed but at one point um he referred to it as the um Oh, he might have said water and then he like corrected himself. That like to... the penalty area or the hazard or Yeah, it was weird. I I there's <laughs> I don't know if there's something going on there, but there's no, like maybe they he, don't he see referred the water. to it as hazard and then he referred to it as oh no penalty area. Or like I forget what it was, but it just it was weird to me. It was very that, you know how they I, get these the lists thing of things I... they can and can't say. It was clearly this was one of the it's things. It's gotta be that powerful water lobby lobbyists i don't know yeah i know they don't they don't want water to be thought of as a bad thing (laughs) or maybe like in vegas they don't want to like let it be known that there's water on the golf courses because they should not have water it's matt damon and his water.org they've been really hammering that golf is uh not negative context for water well as a water scientist i'm okay with that approach (laughs) 
All right, so for my stock up and stock down this week, I want to give a shout out for my stock up to Austin Cook. Um, again, I thought today he just it did not look that hard for him today. It looked like he, uh, you know, was very comfortable and was, you know, played a very solid round to shoot a, a sixty six and and get into that playoff. And even in the playoff, he had two looks at birdie. He didn't, you know, he didn't make one. Um, and and. Uh, Laird ended up making the, yeah. the the birdie on seventeen, but um, good week for Austin Cook. He's it's his highest finish in a long time. You know, I, I kind of dug a little a little bit deeper into him. He had a he had a good year in two thousand eighteen. He won. He had three top tens that year. Finished thirty eighth in the FedEx Cup. That was kind of his best season he's had so far. Mm-hmm. Um, last year he kind of made half the cuts, missed half the cuts. Um, and it was on a kind of a similar thing this year. hasn't had a ton of success, and and so this is a huge, uh, a huge place for him. Yeah. Um, and you know, somebody I'll just kind of keep my eye on. I was just impressed with the way he played. It didn't look like he was the the moment was too big for him or anything like that. Um, and, yeah, it, uh, it kind of seemed effortless for him. It looked really smooth. Yeah. So hopefully, you know, we see him making his way onto leaderboards more often. Um, and then for my stock down, someone who it looked like the moment was Sorry, just real, real quick on, on Austin Cook, because we haven't really, we talked about him much. Um, mm-hmm. And for someone that almost won the tournament, uh, he also, like every category, he was almost a half stroke gained on average through the tournament in every category. So it was every facet of the game he was doing well in, which, uh, you know, maybe that's one of the reasons it looks effortless is when there's, there's nothing you really look like you're struggling at. Um Actually, can I say, if you look at the strokes gained for the three that were in the playoffs, it's remarkably similar. Have you seen that? Like, throw, I'm, I'm just looking at it right now, yeah. Their tee to greens all like within 2.2 to 2.4. They're off the tees all within 0.3 to 0.4. Like, it's, it's the exact they same. They almost gained a, a stroke around putting each. It's, it's remarkable. And it, there's probably no rhyme or reason. It's just a, a weird it's just coincidence. An, a statistical anomaly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, for my, my stock down, I guess I won't, I won't beat the horse anymore, but it's Patrick Cantley. <laughs> he, uh, didn't do what I was looking for on Sunday. And I think, and to be honest, the fact that it's a stock down more speaks to what I think Patrick Cantley, um, should be or can be. Um, maybe it's cause you've talked him up so much, Adam, I don't know, but, uh, I, I expected him to go out there and, and if he, if he didn't win to at least kind of have put a, a good performance together and he just yeah i think i said today. it on a previous pod that the stock down uh, it's not players that i enjoy rooting against these guys i'm just i'm not angry i'm just disappointed you know so yeah. i'm wondering i'm wondering after you know kevin kevin makes can't he has stock down and i make harris my stock down adam was maybe thinking about web at one point maybe we should like have a blanket we can't pick our one and dones <laughs> to be our stock down because unless they win we're just they gonna be win. so upset with them that like no that's pretty much what down. where the category Cali falls yeah. into this week he maybe if win. you <laughs> maybe if you no longer have stock the ability to buy that stock you yeah. can't make them your stock down yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair enough. Well, at least I snuck him in this week before we make that a rule. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> um, so does that pretty much wrap it for the Shriners Hospitals for Children Open? I did want to Anything? say one thing. I think uh, it potentially might get um, looked down upon as a birdie fest and just kind of a birdie race. But I was kind of talking to Craig about this, I think, on one of our shows, maybe on Friday. The one thing I liked about this 
is that we saw varying players at the top of the leaderboard. So we saw old players. We saw younger players. We saw players that hit it long. We saw players that hit it short. We saw great putt. Mm-hmm. I mean, it they're all playing the same course. And the course is fair for everyone. I don't think it matters if it's minus 23 or minus 11. And that's what I, I think it's gonna might potentially get a little bit of hate. But I think there's it's not warranted. I think it was a fair test. And it's just a certain type of test. Mm-hmm. I think I think the other thing you see too is you know comparing this to wingfoot say which obviously mm-hmm. it's it's the US Open it's a different it's a different field like the the field is so um completely so much stronger in yeah. uh, in the US Open but i think that this type of tournament you you got all these places where you have to be very accurate they've got uh, you know the banks that you can so easily lose balls down the side if you're if you're a little bit imprecise coming into the greens um, I think these these type of tournaments open themselves up to a lot more players to potentially win. Whereas yeah. when you do get those really hard courses, it narrows it to, you know, maybe 20 or 30 people have a shot of winning that tournament. And it, it, it does introduce different kinds of excitement to it. Mm-hmm. I agree. I think that you need to have a mix. I I really like the, the tough tests. Like... Um, there was Wingfoot. There was also the tournament. I, I think it was the BMW at Olympia Fields before the U.S. Open. Like that, I love that. It was just yeah, firm and yeah. fast and and just a great test. Um, but you do need a mix. I like these ones too. That when you have a, a back nine that can realistically yield eagles on three holes, yeah. um, you know that makes for an exciting finish. Yeah. Look at, I mean. Augusta is probably more like two holes, but that's the beauty of Augusta. You know, Augusta has the 13 and 15 that you can make, you can make a three, you can make a seven on those holes. And that's well, what's and exciting. I, and I think we're going to hear more and more talk as this whole Bryson show continues. I think we're going to hear more and more talk about trying to Bryson proof courses or, or, you know, essentially yeah. all of this new generation is going to be hitting it a mile further. But I, I think we have to be careful not to look at, okay, let's make everything longer. Cause I don't think that's, I don't think that's the defense against long hitters. I think that makes no. it so that only long hitters can have a chance. Then. I completely agree. And I feel like I we've seen too. tournaments where the course has been set up to defend against that. And that's just where they thrive. Yeah. Uh, if, you add length, if you add length to the courses, you're just helping them. Yeah. 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 And you're punishing the guys that don't hit it as far. That's all you're doing. For yeah. sure. Um, yeah, so anything else on on this week's tournament? Craig, you look like you got you so, like well, you so something there. This is one I want to bring up just because I was so excited to bring this up. And then it so Kevin Streelman was one of uh the persons I had as a sleeper uh on our on our sleeper show. Yeah. And he was he had made an incredible run to to make the cut. Uh, his last two holes, he was playing 8-9 on Friday as his last two holes. He birdied 8 um, with like an 18-19 foot or something like that. Uh, almost 20 foot or 20 foot putt. And then eagled 9 to put himself on the what at six this under. point looked fairly safe at 6 under. And then... Yeah. You know, as the day went on, six under became oh, less and less, oh, yeah. less and less likely. And then it was only like as the last few golfers were finishing that it moved to seven. But uh, yeah, yeah, so I, my um, weekly 
uh, rage of players finishing in the morning. Uh, it was Matsuyama who finished on nine, and he parred nine, the par five, to finish five under. And the announcer's like, well, at least he's safe into the weekend. Yeah, these guys just have no, no clue. <laughs> how do you not? It's, it's the cut, really I think the simple. cut might have been at four then, but like, how do you not see that this, <laughs> this is going to change? So they've been averaging three strokes under par for. 18 holes and then the next group is still averaging three under par and then they haven't started their rounds yet and then it's just magically gonna stay there yeah it drives me crazy like hideki's booking his flight he knows like (laughs) he knows he's out (laughs) i I don't get it well i hope he's not booking his flight because i think he's in the field in vegas next week so what a um, segue (laughs) <laughs> that's, my, that's my one of my first shots at a segue there um so yeah next week we have the cj cup uh at shadow creek so this is the tournament that's usually played in south korea yeah. uh but it's going to make a one-year move to shadow creek in las vegas because of covid uh before returning to south korea next year in 2021 so it's a very strong field um and it's a no-cut event mm-hmm. so like Adam said, Craig, I think you're you're gonna make some uh, some some money on the one and done anyway, so that's good. <laughs> we'll see about um, that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think it's quite a strong field. Uh, what's his name? Kepka there is making his return, I believe, at uh, somewhere where I think he's had some success at Shadow Creek, hasn't he? There hasn't been Shadow- much played there. No, I don't think oh, there's okay. been anything played there. There's been um, the match between Tiger and Phil, the, right. the, the okay. match okay. in 2018. Yeah. Um, it's a pretty exclusive club from what I know. There's some pretty good stories that are out there about um, pretty notorious or like celebrities trying to get on and they just didn't qualify for some reason. Um, so yeah, it'll be. I think it'll be really cool to see on TV for sure. I think it'll be really neat for the golf fan to kind of see the course with these guys on there. Um, and, and so this is, yeah, okay. The first of back-to-back no-cut events is Zozo is the following week. Is that right? right? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think these both, uh, as, as no-cut events seem to. That might be two uh, weeks in a row for me yeah. to make somebody in the one and <laughs> How about that? Craig, you're, um, you're going to jinx yourself. You're going to withdraw for sure. Someone's gonna, <laughs> do they still get checks? <laughs> um, but, uh, they, they tend to attract a, a pretty strong field with the no cut events. So um, we should get some, some good, some good fields over the next mm-hmm. couple of weeks and hopefully some good golf. Um, anything you guys, any notes you guys want to make about those? I think well, the, only th- the only thing I wanted to say, so they, they teased it next week and how strong the field was all the people who were playing in it. And they had Jordan Spieth up there. Like, is there a point where we're no longer have them having him there as someone who is indicative of a strong field? You know what? I've, I was never a big Spieth fan when he was playing really well, but I've also come to be a, more of a Spieth fan now okay. just because of hearing of people's of why they love Spieth. Um, you know, one of which is being that he always seemed to be greater than the sum of his parts. He seemed to scrap it around, but at the end of the day, it's about getting this little ball in a hole and he did it in fewer shots than everybody else, even so- though it didn't look 
the prettiest all the time. Yeah. Um, so I actually, I cheered, I probably cheered against Spieth when, you know, it, it just, to me, it seemed like it was coming too easily to him. I was always I like, you need to like deal with a little bit of adversity. What are you, 19, 20, 21 years old, and you're having all this success. Um, and so I'm actually going to have a much easier time cheering for him now than I did when he was the phenom. Whereas I feel like most people, they cheer for the phenom and, and now they'll jump off the bandwagon. And I'm going to jump on. I, I, so I want to see I, him I w- come back and get it together. So I was this exact same way as you. And then number 12 at the Masters happened. And that year when he put two in the water and I, I was like, okay, you know, if you come back and win this tournament, I have nothing but respect <laughs> for you. And he came close, actually. He that was, you know, that was pretty impressive. Yeah, but to me, yeah. that's a whole different kind of adversity from like losing, or I mean, you know, having to to find it again. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, maybe it'll be next other, week. The other thing was nice. um, CJ Cup at Shadow Creek. Uh, I don't think we'll have any data to go from. So Craig might kind of. His computer wires might frizz up here while he's trying to figure out who's going to win. So that'll you know be what? interesting. I've, I've just I've been doing a lot of work this past little bit trying to introduce my new model, my new and improved, <laughs> updated statistical model. And so yeah, it's going to be another week out, I guess. Well, we look forward to it when it when it comes. When it drops. Yeah. When, when it, it drops. drops. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think that pretty much wraps us, uh, guys. Why don't you tell everybody what you're up to this week? Yeah, so Craig and I will drop a couple DFS videos on Tuesday, probably uh, picks and fades and sleepers, so look for them around midday on Tuesday. Then we'll be live on Twitch Wednesday night, breaking down the entire field. Uh, It is a little bit different with it being a no-cut event, so we'll look at different things, drafting, scoring, uh, birdie or better, anything we can do to kind of gain a leverage on the field. And then Craig and I will probably do a couple showdown videos on YouTube uh, throughout kind of Thursday, Friday on the weekend as well. That sounds good. And as always, you can find all of our content at grandstandgolf.com. That will be the home of the new model once it's dropped <laughs> in the next couple of weeks. So, yeah, please uh, rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts. And follow us on Twitter at grandstandgolf, at Adam Bapti, at grandstandkevin, at grandstandcraig. And we look forward to talking more golf with you in the future. Take care, everyone. Happy Canadian Thanksgiving. <laughs> Thanks a lot, guys.